This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome into the Ots and Audibles podcast. I'm Matt Prem. Eric Scopel is with me as always. It's Friday, or maybe you're listening to this show Saturday morning, getting yourself ready for game day for the Oregon Ducks. They open the 2020 football season Saturday night, 4.30 kick Pacific time against the Stanford Cardinal game. We broadcast on ABC with Chris Fowler, Kirk Herbstreet, Maria Taylor on the call. No fans are in attendance. Uh, so you will have to, to, to be able to watch this game. You have to be able to be in front of a TV or a streaming device and you need to follow DuckTerritory.com. You need to be on DuckTerritory.com during the game, after the game, before the game. Eric and I will be at this game. We will be covering it in person. We will be bringing you uh, we'll be one of the few p- people outside of Oregon or Stanford uh, football teams to be able to watch this game play out. So we'll have full coverage on DuckTerritory.com. And to ensure that you can read all of our content, Make sure you guys subscribe today for uh, a VIP membership. $1 for your first month, $9.95 thereafter that. Or you can go the annual route, sign up for an annual membership, $75.18. One-time payment saves you over $36 compared to that month-to-month rate. Both get inside scoop on the Oregon Ducks, expert analysis and opinion. Read all the content across the 24-7 Sports Network. And the key thing right here for both of these, we're currently not running any promos right now, but but the positive aspect of that is if you sign up today, you get CBS All Access for free immediately with your membership to DuckTerritory.com. It's a $99 value. Usually if you sign up with a promo, you have to wait until your promo ends before you get CBS All Access for free. Right now we're not running a promo, so you can get in and get a $99 add-on of streaming platform, free movies, commercial-free, uh, live sports, TV shows, original content through the CBS all-access streaming platform and the app. Uh, Eric, um, I asked this on Twitter. Uh, what's going to decide this football game? Uh, what are you most confident in happening? Uh, my, my exact wording were was, what's – what are you most confident in that we'll see happen on Saturday night outside of a win? What will decide this game? We'll discuss this on the podcast. And we've gotten uh, a, a huge group uh, of Duck fans that respond. I think Duck fan in general is excited. You and I are, are excited. Um, oh, yeah. I, I think we'll, we'll run through a couple of these and kind of give our opinions. Um, B. Williford has, has said multiple sacks for Kayvon Thibodeau. Uh, Joe, uh, Joe Kelly has also said the same thing uh, multiple sacks for Kayvon Thibodeau um, we've we've got Skoducks58 saying KT will have two sacks, Michael Wright will have a kickoff return for a touchdown um, I, I think a lot of people are very confident in Oregon's 
pass rush Oregon's defense being able to dominate this game coming into the game? Uh, I'm with them. <laughs> and, uh, on Monday, I posted a story of my five predictions, and one of those five was Kayvon Thibodeau gets to the quarterback for two or more sacks. And I don't know if those posters had read that story or not, but uh, that's I don't think that's there's any question and um, that that's something that could take place. I mean, Stanford lost Walker Little. I mean, he wasn't quite a Penny Sewell caliber outland trophy left tackle but he's pretty close i mean he was a first team all conference in 2018 he was injured in 2019 um super talented guy he's not there he opted out too i mean these are the two premier offensive linemen in the pac-12 both opted out one was at oregon one was at stanford and i think that opens up the door for kt to just go to work um and it's a stanford offensive line that last year went through a lot of ups and downs because of a ton of injuries Sounds like they're healthy this year. I think our conversation with um, RJ Abadia yesterday on that show, and if you haven't listened to that, go take a listen. I think that's really helpful to kind of understand the Stanford perspective. He writes for um, the 247 Stanford site, The Bootleg, so that's a good podcast to listen to. But this is a group that took its druthers last year, and, and now they expect to be better, but they're going to have to try to contain Kayvon Thibodeau. And boy, I don't think that's a super easy task. I mean, we saw him just get better and better and better last year, and, and I wrote – in my story this week, that I think you typically see the biggest improvements between the freshman and sophomore seasons. And I know it's been an odd off season. I know there's not a traditional year, but I'm really expecting him to take his game to another level. And I'm really, I'm not going to be surprised at all if we see him bring down Davis Mills, Stanford's quarterback, multiple times. And that's going to be crucial because Stanford has really talented receivers. And it's, you know, and I think if you haven't listened to our show this week, we've mentioned it basically every podcast of this is not that traditional Stanford team where you have like a Toby Gerhardt and they're just going to pound it between the tackles over and over. I and mean, I think they still want to establish the run, but a critical thing for the Cardinal this year is leaning on their big three receivers in Michael Wilson, Simi, Foco, Simi Fihoko, um, and Connor Weddington. Um, and they've got depth behind those guys. But if you can just get after the quarterback, and again, Davis Mills, for those who haven't uh, done the deep dive there, number one rated quarterback recruit in the country in 2017. is a five-star recruit out of Georgia. Everybody in the SEC wanted him. He went to Stanford. He's had a very up-and-down career. He's a senior this year. He's getting his chance to do it. But I think KT can get after him. And if they do that, I feel very, very confident in Oregon picking up a win. I think that's definitely a key um, to, to success this weekend. And I'm with those guys that say that they expect that to happen. I just think he's the difference maker and Stanford hasn't shown enough on the offensive line to, to really, I guess, lead me to believe they can stop him. Yeah. And that goes right into what Brian Bevan said. Uh, Oregon will try and establish the run early to try and take some of the nerves away from Shuck using the vet Verdell. Stanford will go away from their norm and try to test the raw U of O secondary early. He also thinks Oregon will continue to have special teams issues. Um, Paul Linford says last year, many teams were able to keep the Stanford run game with a beat up O-line at bay and usually won. Oregon has allowed clock eating touchdown drives for Stanford in the past. Need to keep those to a minimum and capitalize on scoring opportunities. Uh, Mike says most confident in the defense, even though the Ducks lost some great talent, they're reloaded tremendously. Biggest difference, run ability to Ducks uh, ability to run versus Stanford front seven. And I, I agree with all of that. Um, yeah. I, I most importantly, uh, or I guess easily agree with, with Brian and that I, I think Oregon's going to try and really dominate the line of scrimmage when they have the football kind of serve up Stanford's own medicine to them. Not necessarily 
take the air out of the ball and, and milk the clock down to one second and then hike it and, and really just shrink the game, but more so of just, hey, overpower a defense that already is, uh, before games have even p- been played, try and uh, you know, they've, they've lost a couple guys due to injury and really beat up on that unit and really you know maybe take the, the heart and soul from them early. Well, I think Stanford, I, I agree with you and with also what Brian said is that uh, Stanford is going to, I think, try and throw the football a ton. Um, they have, like you mentioned, a loaded receiving core. They have an elite re- quarterback uh, and, and Mills coming out of high school um, who's had good success last year when he took over the starting job middle of the year. Um, this is going to be a big stress test, I think, on Oregon's secondary. And we're going to quickly find out how good their depth was um, perceived to be, you know, when before all the opt-outs happened and uh, we, we were hyping up this team, we continued to say that, that we really are confident in Oregon's uh, DB unit to be, to be special. Um, a couple other things that have, that have come across uh, Douglas says most confident in our defense holding Stanford to 20 points or less uh, Oregon limiting its own mistakes will decide this game. Oregon's uh, quack attack says Oregon's D line and linebackers will force Stanford to throw a lot because there will be no running lanes available. Um, solid bogey says defense, defense, defense uh, Papa duck. Stanford's QB will never be able to get comfortable with Oregon's relentless pass rush. Uh, Zach agrees with that as well. Zach Miller, Oregon's D-line will shine. Count on it. Um, Nick Taylor says, I'm confident. I just lost it there for a second. I'm confident the D will look more prepared than the the offense. The absence of leadership at QB and O-line will be apparent and take some time to settle out. Uh, He also referenced uh, an old Chip Kelly quote uh, in which quarterbacks are like teabags. You never – really know what you're going to get until you put them in some hot water um, or he <laughs> says, or something like that. Uh, and I, I agree with that. You know, we yeah. think Tyler Shuck is going to be good. Um, we, we, th- we think he's going to be special for Oregon, but what's going to happen when, when things become real and uh, the defense is, is not Oregon's and uh, he can be hit with full contact and, you know, everything is live. It's, it's going to be interesting to see that play out as well. Man, I'll, I'll tell you what, uh, I posted the my five keys to the game story like simultaneously to when these when you ask that question on Twitter, and my five keys to the game line up very closely to the stuff that they were talking about and a lot of the predictions they were making in terms of how they see this game going. And I think one of the things you know that is interesting is Oregon and Stanford have kind of swapped roles a little bit here. Like it wasn't that long ago that it was kind of like Oregon was that kind of I don't want to say run and gun because they obviously always had a strong. Uh, running game, but they but they were throwing the ball up and down the field quite a bit, and and the strength of the team could be the quarterback and, and some of the receivers, and obviously they had talented running backs. But Stanford now is totally quarterback rec- receiver, and I know they have talented running backs too. But I think they they want to throw the ball more, like that's what they want to do. And I think I think the posters are correct in that Oregon wants to dominate the line of scrimmage and get CJ Verdell running, and they want to get the rest of the running backs going, and they want to you know kind of I don't want to say bleed the clock out, and I think Stanford also wouldn't hate you know, you know, ball control offense, but it's a little different this year. And part of me, you know, and I've made, we're going to talk about our game predictions later, but I'm not going to be totally stunned if this game, it feels more like a shootout than it normally does, just because I think there are, there's a lot of talent at skill position for Stanford this year. And 
I think it's going to be a great opportunity to see what this secondary is, you know, um, on Wednesday, or maybe it was Thursday. I'm getting my days mixed up here. The Pac-12 released its all-conference preseason teams. I know Matt voted on that. Both Yamadi Lenore, or we should call him D.D. Lenore now, for those who missed uh, some of those kind of comments, um, and Mikhail Wright were on the first and second team. Uh, Lenore on the first, Wright on the second. So Oregon has clearly two of, if not the best, but two of the best corners in the conference. Well, Stanford thinks they've got some of the best receivers, and it's going to be, I think, a great stress test to see what those guys can do in those matchups, and it's going to be important to see what like a Jamal Hill can do out there if this ends up being a game where the ball's thrown around a lot. He's a new player that we haven't seen. How good can these safeties who have a ton of experience be when they're put to the test? So it's a weird game from the, I just feel like stylistically, it feels like it's going to be a little different at the same time. I also know that what Mario Cristobal said on Wednesday, the last time we spoke with him is true in which these games are always physical. They're one at the line of scrimmage and they kind of feel like those heavyweight fights. So I think, if I'm honest, I think Oregon has the advantage at the line of scrimmage on both sides of the football. And I think they have the advantage out wide in the skill position players on both sides of the football. But Stanford's no slouch either. And it's not like I think any of those are super lopsided. I mean, I think probably Oregon's biggest advantage overall is probably um, its defensive line against that Stanford offensive line. But the rest of it, I think, is kind of, you know, pretty, pretty close battles and I think Oregon's going to have the advantage but I also think you have to give Stanford credit because they have a lot of talent at a lot of different parts in the field I think one thing that's obvious is reading all these replies um, there's a lot of confidence that Oregon's going to win this game and there's mm -hmm. a lot of confidence that um, from at least the Oregon fan base that this game might not not necessarily be all that close and I don't know if I necessarily agree with that last bit um I, I think this game, what, what, what was the spread? Uh, we did, we made our predictions a couple days ago. We based off our predictions off of a spread of what, 11 points, 10 points? Yeah. That, that Oregon, 10 or 11, do you remember? Uh, one second here, let me pull it up here, sorry. I had that in front of me a second ago, and I closed that tab, but what did I have? Uh, it was at 10. Yeah, so 10. Um, we made our predictions based off of a 10-point spread, um, just wanted to double check on that. And yep. I honestly don't think Oregon's going to cover. Ooh. I like to give you my tease of my prediction down the road, but I think this game is going to be closer than a 10 point spread because of all the uncertainties. I think Oregon, if they played this game week two, week three, certainly week four, five, or six. I think they would cover a 10 point spread, but with uh, all the new faces along the offensive line, the new quarterback, the new offense, the off season that they've had because of COVID-19 and re you know, reinstalling a new offense and figuring things out there, the, def the defections uh, on the defensive side of the football and the secondary, knowing that Stanford's probably their greatest strength offensively is their passing game. Mm -hmm. um, everything kind of lines up. I think, from a one game, first game type season uh, to kind of be competitive. To, and and I don't know if I necessarily thought that uh, earlier when the Ducks were going to play a 10 game all conference schedule and Stanford wasn't the first opponent sure. that they were going to play. Um, I just think this is a recipe where maybe Oregon, is, Oregon fan is maybe in my eyes a little overconfident that this is going to be 
a 21-17 type blowout win. Doesn't mean it's not going to happen. It could. I could see it certainly happening. Um, and I'll, and I'll, I'll give you my reasons why after we get to your keys to the game. But I, I just think this game could be closer than normal. Um, and, and going back through the history, you know, last year it was 21 to six, Oregon won that one in a 15 point win, but again, only 27 combined points. You know, it was a defensive battle on that one. Uh, Oregon lost 38, 31 in overtime, a seven point loss for the ducks. They were blown out 49 to seven in 2017. So when Oregon didn't have a quarterback, um, the game in 2016, it was 52 to 27 Stanford. Oregon won in 2015, 38 to 36. If you remember, Joe Walker uh, made that deflection in over uh, just like, like with like 12 seconds to go in the game or whatnot on a two point conversion. Uh, Oregon won in 2014, 45 to 16. Stanford's team was pretty beat up. Oregon was one of the best teams in the country that year. 2013, both of these teams were in the top 10. Uh, Stanford won that 26 to 20 2012. Everyone knows that one. That's when D'Anthony Thomas could have made a block and Oregon could have gone undefeated. Uh, they lose in overtime 17 to 14. And then in 2011, uh, Oregon wins this game 53 to 30. And then in 2010, when both teams again are top 10, uh, Oregon wins 52 31. But my point here is, there are a lot more games where it's a one score game than there are blowouts um, in either direction. Uh, you, you, I mean, you go all the way back until the, until the mid two thousands when you start finding a regular occurrence of, of some big blowout games. And yes, there's a couple sprinkled in between, but history shows this is always a competitive game. Oh, no doubt about it. Um, you know, I, I, and I think, I think it's interesting with the perception of Stanford. And I know we talked about this with RJ um, yesterday, but Stanford won four games last year, but I don't think that was a in really a fair reflection of that team because they were just, I mean, the injuries they dealt with that season was pretty remarkable. I mean, they had three different players. They started at quarterback, one being Davis Mills. They, at one point, I think <laughs> had five completely different starters on the offensive line because all their other starters were knocked out. Um, they had a bunch of issues. Um, I think in, at, at linebacker on the defensive line with injuries at times throughout the season, I mean, they were just beaten up. So I think, I think that we are probably, you know, and I, I think probably before I did a further deep dive and kind of investigated this team, I probably felt a little bit more confident that this was going to be a, a lopsided win, that this was going to be a game won by two to three scores or more. Um, I still think it's, I don't, I'm not with you, Matt, in terms of, I, I, and we'll talk about predictions later. Um, and go into greater detail there. I, I do think Oregon's going to cover the spread on this one. Um, but I also don't think this is going to be one where it's, where in the final minutes of the, you know, you know where, where, where it's, they're, they're playing backups in the third quarter or the fourth quarter. I mean, these games just never go that way. And, I, and a couple of points that are just, that kind of dawned on me here too, in terms of just what Stanford is usually early on in a season, you know, under David Shaw, it seems like Stanford usually kind of starts slow out of the gates. And I just think, Maybe you're going to see a little bit of that with Stanford this year where they're not quite up to full speed. I know Oregon has a lot of reasons to think they won't be either. At, you know, on the flip side, I also think I look at Stanford and think that's a really good coaching staff. It's a very smart coaching staff. And they've had an even larger amount of time this offseason 
I guess not to prepare specifically for Oregon, but to prepare for, for, for football and kind of install everything. And how does that create an advantage for them? You know, and they've now had all of fall camp to focus on this Oregon team. I don't know how much time they spent focusing on, you know, traditional installing their offense and, and, and whatnot compared to focusing on building a game plan for Oregon. But there is something to be said for Stanford has had some time just like Oregon, but I respect this coaching staff to maybe kind of get themselves and find some ways to kind of create advantages because of that, um, that extended period of time. And Oregon has never opened a season against Stanford. This is a weird dynamic. So I think you bring up really good points though, in terms of these games are always heavyweight battles are always close are always competitive. And I don't think we can discount Stanford for a lot of the reasons we talked about earlier on in this podcast, because they do have a lot of talent at positions that could, in theory, challenge Oregon. All right, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll run through your keys to the game. We'll make our predictions of what happens in this football game, and then we'll wrap it up with uh, our actual score predictions for who we think wins this football game. Coming up next here on the Austin Audible's podcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. All right, welcome back to the Autzen Audibles podcast. I'm Matt Prem, Eric Scopel. With me, as always, on today's show, previewing Oregon Stanford, making our predictions. Uh, Eric, let's run through your keys to the game here. What what are the, the most important things in your eyes? You don't have to give away the full story. You can go read this on DuckTerritory.com. Um, but more importantly, what are the main keys of this football game in your eyes? Yeah, so I did five. Let me cut it down to three, and I'm just going to make these bullet points rather than run through them in their entirety. But number one, I think you have to dominate the line of scrimmage and pound the rock. You know, you're, you, when you have a brand-new quarterback, I think it's imperative that you don't put too much pressure on him, especially in a game of this magnitude where I do think it's going to be competitive. Oregon has the advantage at running back compared to the front seven that Stanford has, but we don't know what this offensive line is, and I think that's crucial. I think that's probably the most important part is can this offensive line dominate at the line of scrimmage? They didn't do a very good job last year, by the way. Um, I know Stanford doesn't look the same on defense up there, and Oregon doesn't look the same on offense up there on the offensive line, but that wasn't a place they really were able to, to win the battles like you would have liked. I think they need to do that on Saturday. I think the other key, another key here is, is uh, win the one-on-one matchups on the outside. Um, we talked about how talented we think the Stanford wide receiving core is. Oregon has incredibly incredible talent at defensive back. I think Oregon probably undoubtedly has better NFL talent with Lenore um, and Wright. And I think Verone McKinley, frankly, is going to be an NFL guy here in a couple of years. 
Um, and that doesn't even include some of these younger corners we really like, but Stanford's talented there too. And Oregon needs to win those one-on-one matchups. And if they're able to do that, I feel really confident about Oregon's ability to stop Stanford's run game. So um, if they win those matchups, I think there's a chance that they can create some separation. And then the third one here uh, of the keys here, as I'm running through this is they have to avoid these costly mistakes and, and turnovers in particular. You go back to the game in 2018, they lost at Autzen Stadium. Oregon was the better team that, that day. They outplayed Stanford for basically the whole game until they gifted Stanford a bunch of plays. You know, you think about the fumble near the goal line after it looked like Jalen Red scored a touchdown. And I, I'm blanking on what the score would have been if that touchdown would have stood, but it would have made it basically impossible for Stanford to win. It was either to make it a three or a four score game. Instead, they scoop and score it, and it's a closer game. And then at the end of the game, we all recall what happened with C.J. Verdell fumbling it late. Probably shouldn't have even been running the football, honestly. Probably could have taken a knee and punted with hardly any time on the clock. Um, but either way, you can't make those mistakes because I think Oregon's the better team again this year. I think they're the more talented team. And I think they're very capable of winning this game. But you can't gift Stanford opportunities because they're good enough to take advantage of it. So, and, and, and I think another thing just in terms of that is because you are breaking in a new offensive line with a new quarterback, I know that this and the stadium is empty, so maybe this adds even to it a little bit of like it's just going to be weird. I'm I'm a little bit concerned about pre-snap infractions and those sort of just kind of they don't seem that big in the grand scheme of things. But if Oregon has like three to four to five false starts, you know what I mean, like or something, yeah. just kind of, they just struggle just kind of with the basics because this is a game first game without scrimmages really with a brand new offensive line with a new quarterback, and I'm I'm not diminishing what they've done in fall camp because I'm sure they've done everything they can to get this group prepared. And I'm really confident in Oregon's offensive line coaching in terms of Alex Mirabal and Mario Cristobal. Those guys are about as good as it gets, but those kind of things they have to avoid because if this is a, if this is a cleanly played games and both teams play their best, I think Oregon is the better team and will win. But if this game gets sloppy, that opens the door up for, for Stanford to either make this a really close game um, like Matt is projecting or, or to possibly even steal one at Autzen. Yeah, I, I'll give you um, – I, I did not participate in Eric's keys to the game. He, you know, we don't confer. Um, right. And not, not that we should. I, mean, I completely trust your analysis. Um, but if I'm going to give something for, for my key to the game, I won't give you five, but I'll give you, I'll give you a couple. Um, one is just like what you said. Y- you, have to, you have to play clean, and you have to be a team that – from an Oregon perspective that doesn't commit a ton of penalties because that is what is it penalties are a great equalizer. They allow an opponent who maybe isn't as good as you to gain yardage or to put you in a situation where you have to gain even more to get a first down. And that creates a scenario where it make it gets easier for them uh, to, to really play at a high level and, and to, to be in a, in a position to win. And we should note that when Cristobal, when in 2017, before Cristobal was the head coach, the Ducks were the worst penalized team in college football with 88.3 yards uh, penalized per game. In 2019, they were 103rd with 103, excuse me, with, with 61 penalty yards per game. Uh, 2018, which was Cristobal's first year, they were much better. Uh, they were penalized 40 for 47.9 yards per game. So um, overall, returns are good from, from a penalty perspective for Oregon. Uh, 
last season, they took a big step back um, from making a huge jump in, in, in 2018. So I agree with you there, and that penalties are key. Uh, mm-hmm. you, you have to play clean. You can't give an advantage to Stanford because of things that you can c- control. Um, and secondly, you have to win on third down. Like, I, I think on both scenarios. And this means to win on third down, you have to win on first and second down. You have to have positive plays uh, on whether it's when you're on offense, you need to gain yardage on first and second down. That way you don't face a third and nine or a third and eight uh, where it's a, a clear, obvious passing situation. Um, and when you do face third downs, you need to be able to convert a majority of them. I mean, I, I look at in 2019, you know, Oregon was, was solid. They weren't elite. Uh, they completed 41% of their third downs that they faced. And, and Stanford, on the other hand, you know, they were 72nd in the country. They, they converted 39% of their third downs, but then flip it around, go to the, go to the defensive side of the football and Oregon was special in, in 2019 defensively on third down 22nd in the country opponents only converted 33% of their third downs that they faced against Oregon's defense. And on the flip side, Stanford was terrible. Uh, 112th in the country, 45% of the time an opponent converted third down conversion. So I think this, this game comes down to two things. One can Oregon play a clean football game and, and limit the penalties to make, and make it as difficult as possible for Stanford. And two, can they win on third down, whether it's on offense or whether it's on defense? Because if you can sustain drives and you can prevent Stanford from giving long, their long drives, you're going to win this football game in my eyes. Yeah, I, I think, again, I, I think it's execution is, is crucial yep. here. And the great equalizer is this is game one in a bizarre offseason. With no empty, crowd. Again, with, with in an empty stadium. I mean, there's a lot of reasons why it's kind of – I mean, Oregon loses its home field advantage, basically, I think. I mean, aside from the fact that Stanford had to travel to Eugene and it's not played in Stanford. You know what I mean? Like, there's, there's not really too much here to that. So, you know, execution – and this is one of the things Mario Cristobal said a couple of days ago was just that, you know, it, it comes down to every single detail matters. And I think that's spot on. Obviously, he's the coach. He knows what he's talking about. But when he said that, that resonated with me of, like, this is going to be a very – this is a game that comes down to the details. And if Oregon is able to execute at their best, and that's a kind of a tough ask considering the circumstances of everything at play, I really do think Oregon is the better team and, and will win pretty handily. But again, I don't expect that necessarily to be totally the case. And I'm going to be very curious to see how clean this football game is played. We've watched games around the country this year. Usually these first couple of games, there's some, there's some issues. And um, I'll, I'll be curious to see just kind of how clean Oregon is able to play. I think that's crucial. All right predictions of things that we happen we, we think will happen in this football game i'll give my, my offense my defensive prediction eric then you can follow up if, if you have rebuttals to anything i say or if you agree or have different ones sure. um from an offensive perspective i think we're going to see a big game from cj verdell i don't know if it's necessarily going to be all on the ground though so i'm going to go and give him 150 all-purpose yardage i think we're going to see a little bit more of him this year in the passing game I think we'll see the running backs used more in the passing game in general, but I think Verdell by himself uh, will, will have a good big increase in usage there as well. So I think, I think Verdell goes over 150 all purpose could be 149 <laughs> yards rushing and one receiving <laughs> yard. Uh, but I, I think he has a big game through the air and on the ground defensively. 
I think Stanford's offensive line was was not necessarily an elite unit last year. They've lost a couple guys uh, because of opt-outs. I think Oregon's strength of their defense is up front, at least going into the year. Um, okay. I think Oregon as a unit, I'm not going to say a player, I'm not going to say a position group, I just think as a unit, uh, Oregon's going to get four sacks in this football game. And that is going to be a, a great uh, tip of the cap for them for, for why I think they'll be in a position to win this game. I'll just add on here to a couple things. Um, in my prediction story on Monday, I have C.J. Verdell tops the 150-yard rushing mark, so I didn't use all-purpose. I think he's going to have a big day on the ground, so I'm in agreement there. Another one offensively for me um, is I think Tyler Shuck's going to throw three touchdowns in this game, um, and that, that's probably the boldest of the group I have here, um, or, or maybe not. I've got another one on defense that's kind of bold as well, but I, I think they're going to lean on – the run game, but around the goal line, they're going to lean on Tyler Shuck's arm a little bit. And that's not to say that I think they're going to take the ball out of Verdell or, or Cyrus Abibi Likio, we should say, usually gets the bulk of the carries when the, when, when the, you know, when they get close to the end zone. But I do think you're going to see Shuck have to make some throws and make some plays. And I think he's going to succeed doing that defensively. I, in my predictions also had something with sacks. I had Kayvon Thibodeau having two or more. I think I mentioned that early in the podcast. So that's one night that, I, I agree with you in terms of I think there's going to be some su- success to be had getting after Davis Mills. It's offensive line for Stanford certainly has talent. Foster Sorrell, their starting right tackle was like the fourth or fifth highest rated recruit in the country back in 2017. He, I think he's the second highest rated recruit in program history. Um, and there's a, at least a couple other guys there that were in like the you know mid to high four stars that are starting. So it's not a talent devoid offensive line, but I think Thibodeau is special and whoever he's going at against at left tackle. Um, well, I shouldn't say, I think it's, was it William Rouse is his name or Walter Rouse? Yeah. I think, I think Thibodeau is going to have the advantage there. And I think Oregon in general is going to be able to get after the quarterback. And then here's where this one gets a little bold. And, and I, I'm guessing you're going to maybe rebut this a little bit, but I think Oregon's going to hold Stanford without a first half touchdown. Ooh. I'm not saying that they're not going to score any points, but I think Oregon's defense is going to be able to keep them out of the end zone. Um, we'll talk predictions in a second here, but I'm expecting maybe Stanford has a couple, maybe two to three long drives that end in kind of deflating um, field goals because I think Oregon defensively is really stout when it gets down towards the red zone, and I think you're going to see that come into play because Oregon's going to have the advantage at the line of scrimmage, and I think when the the field shrinks, the ability to throw the football and find open space for even a quarterback like Davis Mills becomes difficult, and that's where Oregon's defense can can have some success maybe – um, you know, in, in, in limiting what they can do through the air and, and forces them to kick, like I said, two to three field goals. And, and that, I think, is, is what provides the separation in the first half um, for Oregon. I'll give my prediction, then you can give yours. Um, yep. I think this is going to be a game in which you and I both kind of expect this, Stanford to try and throw through the air um, more so than running the football. And Hey, I would do that anyways if I was an opponent against Oregon because you know for certain that Oregon's front seven is going to be good. All three starters are back. Uh, their fourth leading tackler, Isaac, uh, Isaac Slade Matoatia, he is back. Uh, Mace Funa is a starter from Oregon's defense last year. He's back. You've got Adrian Jackson, who's now back into the fold, healthy. Um, he missed last season, projected starter. You have some tr- true freshman five-star linebackers that are special dudes. Um, I-, I think early on, you don't, you kind of know what Oregon is up front. You don't need to test that. 
you know for sure that Oregon's got a couple guys in Nick Pickett and Verone McKinley and Didi Lenore. And I'll, I'll include Michael Wright in that group as well. Um, but at the same time, there's going to be new faces out there. Uh, a Jamal Hill at nickel. Uh, maybe a DJ James uh, if Oregon has to go dime. Um, so I, I think if if you're an opponent, you look at this defense and say, okay, let's spread everything out. Let's go four or five wide. Let's force Oregon to you know, maybe take a linebacker off the football field or a defensive lineman off the football field and throw in an, an, uh, a couple extra DBs that are maybe untested, unknown. And let's see if they're really as good as, we, as they say they are. Um, so I think Oregon – is going to face a Stanford team that's going to throw the football around. And I think that's first game, new offensive line for Oregon, new quarterback. Things aren't going to go 100% smoothly. They have the better team on paper, I think. Um, and I don't even think it's really that close. But knowing the history of this team in this series, first game jitters, working through you know a lot of new faces and a lot of new uh, schemes, I think this game is going to be closer than, than we typically see. Uh, or than what people are expecting between outside of you and I. And I think it's going to be super high scoring too. Um, I have 71 total points scored in this football game. And I have Stanford covering just by the slimmest of margins, Oregon walking away with a 40 to 31 victory. Well, I'll say this before I start. I made my score prediction on my <clears throat> Monday story. Um, you should go read on depthterritory.com where I make my five predictions. It's in there. And, I think having now spent some time looking through Stanford, doing the deep dive, talking with RJ, speaking with Oregon's coaches and players, I wrote this before we did any of that. And this is probably just for me, just a, maybe I shouldn't make a game prediction until I really know enough about the opponent. Um, but I said 34 to 13 on Monday. I'm going to, I'm going to change that a little bit because I, I think the more I look at Stanford and I think about this series and this rivalry, 21 points feels pretty lofty. Um, you know, and I and I think I even reflect on the prediction I gave earlier of Stanford not scoring a touchdown in the first half. I think that's very possible. I think it's maybe plausible, but I, I also don't think you can discount the fact that Stanford's going to have some offensive success. Um, I don't know if I, I don't I don't think Stanford's going to score thirty one points. Um, I think that's that that I think this defense is good enough to limit that. But I also think this game is going to be a little bit more competitive to thirty four to thirteen. So give me Oregon winning this game, and I think it's going to be a game where. In the second half, it's still competitive, you know, and I didn't necessarily think that earlier in the week. Um, I think I discounted a little bit what Stanford has offensively with Davis Mills, with their receiving group, with the running back group. We haven't really talked about that. Austin Jones is somebody that RJ Badia was saying yesterday that the staff believes could be one of the best running backs in the conference. Another top recruit a couple of years ago out of California. Um, I think Oregon is going to win this game, and I think they're going to win this game by two scores, but I don't think it's going to be uh, – well, I – it's not going to be a three-score game like I predicted earlier. So give me Oregon to win this game 37-24. So I, 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 think it's, I think it's a little closer than I was thinking earlier in the week, but I do think Oregon by the fourth quarter is feeling, a, is feeling pretty comfortable um, and is able to, again, use that running game to kind of run the clock out and ensure they get away with a victory. Real quick before we get out of here, mm -hmm. um, Stanford wins. How shocked are you? Are you like blown away? Wow, never thought of that. Or is there a part of you that says, hey, they could win this game? I think there's a part of me that always thinks Stanford can beat Oregon just because of the history. And even in years where I think Oregon is the far you know, superior team, 
Um, and, and in part because there have been games Stanford has won that they shouldn't, right? I mean, you, you ran through some of the history there. We talked about the DeAnthony play. I know I brought up the, the game where CJ fumbled it uh, late in the game. Um, Stanford in this series just always finds a way to make it competitive and, and challenge. But I'll say this, like if I, if I wanted to put my confidence level on Oregon winning on a scale of one to 10, like give me eight and a half. I, 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 I'm feeling quite confident they win this game. The hard thing here to really assess this is we haven't seen this team like actually practice or anything. And we haven't seen a spring game. We have, and, and a lot of these key, key components offensively for Oregon, we simply just have literally no evidence to what they look like. So um, I, I feel confident Oregon's going to win this game, but I don't think you can completely discount Stanford making this really close and, and challenging. And, and under, I do think there's a scenario where, where Matt's closer to what I'm saying in terms of like, this might be a game where Duck fans are really disappointed afterwards because it is closer than they're expecting. And because it's all off season, we kind of thought Oregon was going to dominate this game. But I also think if this game is really close and obviously if they lose, it's a different discussion, but if this game is really close, just recognize that there's a lot of weird elements at play here with, in terms of what Oregon has to do in prep preparing for this game and also what they're breaking in. So um, I know it's a little bit long winded, but I, I feel really confident they're going to win. But I also think I can't, you can't discount the fact this game may be closer than a lot of people are expecting. Yeah, I, I, I'm not going to – I don't think Oregon's going to win. I didn't predict – or I don't, I don't think Stanford's going to win. I didn't predict Stanford to upset Oregon. But if clock hits zero and this game is in favor of Stanford, I'm not going to walk away and just be just blown away like I was yeah. when Arizona beat Oregon in 2018. Um, it's not going to be like that. Uh, Part of me thinks they, they could win. I just don't think it will happen this week. But again, hopefully you guys have enjoyed the show. Thank you for all those people who helped uh, on Twitter with giving us your opinions and kind of your thoughts going into this game. Um, we will have a post-game, press, uh, a post-game podcast uh, after Stanford, Oregon is played. Um, the timing of that, if you're familiar with the show, if you've listened to us the last few years, we've done them relatively quickly after games are over kind of our fresh reactions because of COVID um, we're not quite sure yet if we'll be able to do it from the stadium uh, because of protocols. We have to wear masks when we're in there. It could be a little difficult to understand what we're saying with a mask on um, with the, the setup that we have to use for recording the podcast in stadiums. They're not quite as nice as these uh, before. So we might have to do them either, couple hours after the game when Eric and I get home or Sunday morning. Hopefully we don't do that, but just be prepared. We will still do them. Um, they're just probably not going to come out immediately uh, after the game like we normally would. So uh, Matt, can I say something really quick? Yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing you face to face, dude. It's been eight months. <laughs> Literally for those listening, we, we record these on zoom and in, in the, you typically I'm seeing Matt like, more than anyone in my life almost like we hang, <laughs> we're going to practices. I see him three to four times a week, at least plus the games. I haven't seen him since like mid March when, uh, when everything <laughs> got canceled. So I'm just excited to, to see you on Saturday. And, and yeah, no, it's, 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 it's going to be different. Um, we'll actually have face to face. So all the bad things I said about you. And probably... <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Anyway. Just kidding. Uh, but yeah, it's going to be different. You know, we'll, we'll actually see each other um, in the same room. I'm assuming we're going to be sitting next to each other, just six feet apart. Yeah, uh, probably from, from one another. It's going to be a different time. Uh, 
it's a different year. It's 2020, right? Um, right. But we, we, we will have our coverage. Eric and I will be together uh, in Austin Stadium <laughs> watching a football game. So make sure to go to duckterritory.com to uh, read all our coverage. Subscribe to the site. Helps support us. Helps us allow uh, to do these podcasts as well. Um, thank you for listening to the show. Uh, we will talk to you later. Talk to you later, folks.